Everybody, I'm Abby Kircher, the host of Biz Bites, where I dive into the stories of entrepreneurs, sharing their wins and losses throughout the start of their careers and lessons learned so far. Today, I want to talk about mistakes made along the way. Most people have this fanciful view of entrepreneurship, the freedom, being your own boss, the feeling of creating your own product and seeing it on shelves or online. But what I find to be most useful to hear when considering starting a business are the many mistakes that were made by a founder or CEO. There's never been a company created without at least a few bad decisions made by its leader. The important thing is that the good decisions outweigh the bad. I'm going to take you through some of those mistakes I made along the way where I was forced to pivot, pick myself up, and learn from it. There are three mistakes that I want to share, starting with one that had me thinking that my business, Abby's Better, wasn't going to last. Let's call it purchasing beyond growth. This might sound like an obvious and simple statement, but you'd be surprised how often you find yourself in a position as a small business owner having to make a purchasing decision with very little outside information to help guide you. Agreements fall through, sales plummet or skyrocket, and a host of other variants can cause you to be in a position that will literally be the difference between you growing your company or having to shut it down. For us, it was regarding pecans. Yep, something as simple as that. We were having trouble finding a good price on this material that was crucial to making our top-selling product, date pecan nut butter. Every price we were quoted just didn't fit into our margins until a supplier offered us a bulk discount that would make each pound of pecan far cheaper than anything else we could find. In a rush to not lose this deal and not be stalled in production, we jumped on the deal to secure the pricing. The mistake was not getting legal involved to make sure we had protection where we unable to actually use all of the pecans. It was quite a large sum and it was much greater than anything we had purchased before. We rushed, we were greedy, and it could have cost us way more than it ended up. After making this purchase, a few months passed and we had hardly gone through a quarter of what we ordered. On top of that, the money we planned on raising that year got pushed to the following year, so we didn't have the incoming cash flow we were expecting. At this moment, we were facing having to pay more than we even had in our bank account, and now didn't have the assurance of getting that sum soon. I will never forget the moment when my mom, who's our COO, and I looked at each other discussing what we were going to do and literally burst into tears. There was no plan B, no way around it, and contractually, we were obliged to pay the supplier the full amount. The worst part, we knew it was all on us and the thought that this company we had both worked so hard to keep going and growing might be over because of one decision was heartbreaking. Luckily, since we hadn't received the majority of the pecans yet, we worked it out with the supplier to let us receive and only pay for half of the originally agreed upon amount. We were and still are unbelievably grateful that that was not the end of the story for Abby's Better, but it certainly could have been. Another mistake I made in the beginning that could have had serious repercussions is undervaluing my company. It's difficult in the beginning when you've not raised any money and therefore haven't had to formally determine its value to be able to know for sure what it's worth. You're going off of your gut, the industry as a whole, research, and hopefully expertise from someone who's familiar with determining companies at your stage. 
I didn't have this expert at the time, so we were taking meetings with anyone and everyone in the business world that could help us and who we could learn from. One in particular, who has been with us since the beginning is now on our board, was a tremendous help. He had many, many years of expertise in all areas of business and had successfully started and grown a company that was local in our area. After meeting with him a few times, we wanted to bring him on as a team member for Abby's Better, as really our first board member and advisor. With not enough cash flow to pay him, we had to offer equity. Even with how small our company was at the time, it's very important to be careful with giving equity. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself barely owning much of a percentage of your own company that you yourself grew. Without having this experience, we came to this advisor and offered an exorbitant percentage of Abby's Better. So exorbitant, I probably would own less than half of the percentage I currently own as a founder and CEO had we gone through with it. Luckily, having the expertise this businessman had and knowing what it's like to be an entrepreneur himself, he used his expertise to protect us versus taking advantage of us and came back with a counteroffer that was even more conservative. As you can imagine, this counteroffer not only shocked us as owners, of what we saw as something too young to have much value, but it also gave us a boost of expertise-backed confidence that you'll find is pretty rare to come by as an entrepreneur. Hopefully, the story encourages anyone with an idea that they hope to turn into a business to not undervalue your idea and your passion. As someone told me a long time ago, investors invest in founders and the people owning and running them more often than the product, idea, or business itself. The final mistake, and potentially the most detrimental, is not listening to the consumer. This is so vital. If you don't listen to your consumer, you'll never learn who they are, and if you don't know who your consumer is, you'll never learn how to sell to them or even what to sell to them. They are the be-all and end-all of every company. The saying that customer is always right is more true than you know. It took making the mistake of launching a product even when we had 50-50 mixed reviews on it. In the beginning, I was in the kitchen testing out recipes, making a bourbon maple walnut butter. Sounds delicious, right? Well, I certainly thought so, but our customers didn't necessarily. At the time, we were still selling at farmer's markets, which was perfect because it gave us the opportunity for face-to-face interaction with the people who would be buying our products and hopefully telling their friends and family about us. Side note, if you have an opportunity like this for a personal interaction with your customer, do it and hold on to it. It's invaluable. Anyways, I created this new butter and I was absolutely in love with it. No way in my mind could anyone not enjoy it. I took it to our local farmer's market, ecstatic to share with my loyal customers and hear their emphatic support of it, of course. Well, I opened the jar, provided the tasters, and awaited the reviews. I didn't hear what I thought I would, let's just say. People either loved it or they hated it. Not only that, but the people who did enjoy it were not our usual customers. This could be a good thing and a bad thing. For one, this flavor could be a gateway for people who wouldn't normally try our products to get introduced to us and start purchasing other products. But in general, this tactic rarely works how you want it to. If you have a hyper-specific demographic like we always have, Rarely do you create products that completely stray from that demographic and bring in new customers who are anything but one-time purchasers. I didn't want to think about this. My pride got the best of me, and I was certain this butter would do well, despite the eh responses from the people who were proven to be the ones to bring us business. 
We went through the usual processes, sourced the ingredients, designed the labels, got them printed, and produced our first round of bourbon maple walnut. I was stoked to prove that I somehow had this palate that could predict the desires of my customers, even when they themselves had given me their thoughts on it already. I'm literally rolling my eyes and even thinking about the stupidity of this logic. I'm sure you wouldn't be surprised to hear that it did not go as well as I had thought it would. It didn't see the success it needed to justify its creation and continued selling. We had to discontinue the product and all the time and money gone into it wasted. If you're going to learn from any of these mistakes, please learn from this one. Being an entrepreneur is tough because you have to have unwavering confidence while being realistic. You have to try and be objective while also going with your gut. But that's what's great about being in touch with your consumer and customer. They can help guide you and lead you to the decision you need to make and the product you need to create. Just make sure to listen to them. You're going to make mistakes. There are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. Just remember, no mistake is pointless as long as you learn from it and use it to your advantage. Thanks for tuning in to BizBytes with Abby Kircher. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can listen to new episodes each week. And to learn more about my company, Abby's Better, you can follow up on Instagram at Abby's Better or my personal Instagram, where I show a behind the scenes look at running a business, which is at Abby underscore Kircher. Kircher.